0: Hello, listener. This is from Ideology to Unity: a Spiritual Journey, where we let go of ideological doctrine and ego in favor of meaning, purpose, and unity as a whole. So, I'm going to do another reading from Synchronicity and a Causal Principle by Carl Jung, and so we're at the beginning of chapter two. And we're almost almost halfway through. As I have already said, it's called an astrological experiment. As I've already said, we need two different facts, one of which represents the astrological constellation and the other the married state. The material to be examined, namely the, the quantity of marriage horoscopes, was obtained from friendly donors in Zurich, London, Rome, and Vienna. Originally, the material has been put together for purely astrological purposes, some of it many years ago, so that those gathered so that those who gathered the material knew of no connection between its collection and the aim of the present study. A fact which I stress because it might be objected that the material was specially selected with that aim in view. This was not so. The sample was a random one. The horoscopes, or rather the birth data, were piled up in chronological order just as the post brought them in. When the horoscopes of 180 married pairs had come in, there was a pause in the collection during which the 360 horoscopes were worked out. This first batch was used to conduct a pilot investigation, as I wanted to test out the methods to be employed. Since the material has had been collected originally in order to test the empirical foundations of this intuitive method, a few more general remarks may not be out of place concerning the, the considerations which prompted the, material, the collection of material. Marriage is a clear-cut fact, although its psychological content shows every conceivable variation. According to the astrological view, it is precisely this fact of marriage that expresses itself markedly in the horoscopes. The possibility that the individuals characterized by the horoscopes married one another, so to say, by accident, will necessarily recede into the background all external factors seem capable of astrological evaluation, but only in so much as they are represented psychologically. Owing to the very large number of categorical, categorical, character, yeah, characterological variations, we would hardly expect marriage to be characterized by only one astrological configuration. Rather, if astrological assumptions are at all correct, There will be several configurations that point to a predisposition in the choice of a marriage partner. In this connection, I must call the reader's attention to the well-known correspondence between the sunspot periods and the mortality curve. The connecting link appears to be the, the disturbances of the Earth's magnetic field, which in their turn are due to fluctuations in the proton radiation from the sun. These fluctuations also have an influence on radio weather. By disturbing the ionosphere, ionosphere, that reflects the radio waves. Although, I'm wondering, I mean people look at the Schumann resonance and they see that as linked to the activity of um, Gaia herself, right? So there may well be a connection there. Obviously Jung didn't see a connection there and he wouldn't have been able to back that up scientifically or at least yeah, that, that doesn't seem to be something that he was saying. Um, also of note here, uh, something that came to mind was that, uh, what's that YouTube channel? There's a YouTube channel that talks about the connection between, it looks at physics, it looks at the sun's activity, and it looks at uh, Earth, space weather, and stuff. Uh, Suspicious observers, yeah. Um, I mean, they look at sunspots and stuff. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I have a feeling that there might be a puzzle piece connection there. I don't know what it is, but yeah. These fluctuations also have an influence on the radio weather by disturbing the ionosphere that reflects the radio waves. Investigation on these disturbances seems to indicate that the conjunctions, oppositions, and quadratic aspects of planet of the planets play a considerable part in increasing the proton radiation and thus causing electromagnetic storms. On the other hand, the astrological, the very astrologically favourable tri, trigonal and sextile aspects have been reported to produce uniform radio weather. Well, and also. I do think that astrology has energetic effects on the psychology that go beyond what could be proven in this investigation by Carl Jung. Um, So, yeah. These observations give us an unexpected glimpse into the possible causal basis for astrology. At all events, this is certainly true of Kepler's weather astrology but it is also possible over and above the above yeah uh, uh, over and above the already established physiological effects of proton radiation psychic effects can occur which would rob astrological statements of their chance nature and bring them within range of causal explanation although no one knows what the validity of a nat- nativity horoscope rests on it is just conceivable that there is a causal connection between the planetary aspects and the psychological disposition. One would therefore do well not to regard the results of astrological observation as synchronistic b- phenomena, but to take them as a possible causal as possibly causal in origin for wh- for wherever the cause, a cause is even remotely thinkable. Synchronicity becomes an exceedingly doubtful proposition for the present. At any rate, we have, insufficient grounds for believing that the astrological results are more than mere chance or that the statistics involved involved in large numbers yield a statistically significant result as large-scale studies are lacking i decided to investigate the empirical basis of astrology using a large numbers uh, using a large number of horoscopes of married pairs just to see what kind of figures would turn up pilot investigation with the first batch assembled i turned to the conjunctions and oppositions of the sun and moon two aspects regarded in astrology as being equally strong though in opposite senses i.e as signifying intensive relations between the heavenly bodies with okay with uh, that's a masculine symbol and feminine symbol i think the masculine symbol is actually mars and the feminine symbol venus and then it says comma asc so and dsc conjunction so uh no no that's just dumb no 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 it's talking about male and female as in men and women in marriage silly me um with the male and female asc and dsc DESC, conjunctions, and oppositions. They yield 50 different aspects. There's a footnote here saying, although the quadratic, trigonal, and sectile aspects and the relations to the medium and immum carillae ought really to be considered, I have omitted them here so as not to make the opposition, not to make the exposition unduly complicated. The main point is not what marriage aspects are, but whether they can be detected in the horoscope. All right. That's what he said. And he also said, another footnote is the chart in figure one sets out clearly the 50 different aspects as they actually occurred in the 180 paired married pairs. Okay, so this chart... Um, for those on YouTube, you're able to see this chart. Uh, maybe backwards, but yeah. But basically, it shows male on the top on the x-axis, what female on the y-axis. Going along in these different in the in the table, going along from left to right. This is on the top. It has a dot with a circle around it, which representing the sun. The next one is a crescent moon. The next one is male symbol. The next one is female symbol. The next one is ASC dot. I I don't know what that means. To be honest, uh, I think it's ascending. Uh, the next one is descent. Oh yeah, yeah city for not noticing before yeah asc is descending i think and dsc is the next one which is descending right um and then going down the axis you get you get the same just for female uh you know i'm not sure how well I'm not sure about how well I can describe this to people who aren't looking at the YouTube video. Honestly, I recommend looking at this on YouTube. From My Geology Unity to Unity, it's the same thing. Uh, I, I do upload everything there as well. But generally... Well, it's up to you if you want to use Podcast or YouTube, whatever. Okay, so... I'm going to describe what these symbols are, but ultimately, if you want to know the pictures, look, look at the image on the YouTube video. I, I, I'm not going to explain the diagram in too much detail. I can say what he says about it though, uh, so it should be helpful. The reasons why I chose these combinations will be clear to the reader from my remarks on the astrological traditions in the previous chapter. I have only to add here that of all the conjunctions and oppositions those of the Mars of Mars and Venus are very are far less important than the rest as will be readily as, re- as will readily be appreciated from the following consideration the relation of Mars to Venus can reveal a love relation but a marriage is not always a love relation and a love relation is not always a marriage my aim in including the conjunction and opposition of Mars and Venus was therefore to compare them with other conjunctions and oppositions These 50 aspects were studied for 180 married couples. It is clear that these 180 men and 180 women can also be paired off into unmarried couples. In fact, since any one of the 180 men could be paired off with any one of the 179 women whom he had not married, it is clear we can investigate 180 times 179 equals 32 Thousand two hundred twenty unmarried pairs within the group of one hundred eighty marriages. This was done, cf. Table One. That's the one I showed you. And the aspect analysis for these unmarried pairs was compared with that for the married pairs. For all calculations, an orbit of eight degrees either way was assumed, clockwise and anti-clockwise. Not only for not only inside the sign, but extending beyond it. Later, additional marriages were added to the original batch, so that in all, 483 marriages, or 966 horoscopes, were examined. As the following account shows, the testing and tabulation of results was, were carried out in batches. To begin with, what interested me most was, of course, the question of probability, Were the maximum results that we obtained significant figures or not? That is, were they improbable or not? Calculations undertaken by a mathematician showed unmistakably that the average frequency of 10% in the first batch and subsequently in all three batches is far from representing a significant figure. Its probability is much too great. In other words, there was no ground for assuming that our maximum frequencies are more than mere dispersions due to chance. Analysis of first batch. When we counted all the conjunctions and oppositions between sun, moon, male, female, ascending and descending, for the 180 married and 32,220 unmarried pairs, the results are shown in table one, where it will be observed that the aspects are arranged by frequency of their occurrence in the married and unmarried pairs. Clearly the frequencies of occurrence shown in columns two and four of the table for observed occurrences of aspects in un- married and unmarried pairs respectively are not immediately comparable. Since the first are occurrences in 180 pairs and the second in no, 3, no, 32,220 pairs. Um, and a footnote saying, in this way, a rough control group is obtained. It will, however, be appreciated that it is derived from a much larger number of pairs than the married pairs 32,220, as compared with 180. This leads to the possibility of showing the chance nature of 180 pairs. On the hypothesis that all the figures are due to chance, we would expect a far greater accuracy in the greater number of consequently a much smaller range in the figures this is so for the range in the 180 married pairs is 18 minus 2 equals 16 whereas in the 180 unmarried pairs we get 9.6 minus 7.4 equals 2.2 In column 5, therefore, we show the figures in column 4 multiplied by the factor 180 divided by 32,220. If the right side, unmarried pairs, equals 1. Then we get the following proportion, 18 to 8.40 equals 2.14 to 1. In, okay, so here's another table. Oh, wait, table one wasn't actually talking about the one I showed you. It was talking about the one, that's figure one. Table one is this. Wait, there's... Man, I hope I'm illegally all right with this. (laughs) I mean, I, I am citing it, right? So... I'm not claiming credit. Okay, so... You know, I could tell you what it says. But I think I'll just go with what he says. Oh, yeah, here's more. Don't sue me. Yeah. Table two... In Table 2, these proportions are arranged according to frequency. To a statistician, these numbers cannot be used to confirm anything, and so are valueless, because they are chance dispersions. But on psychological grounds, I have discarded the idea we are dealing with mere chance numbers. In a total picture of natural events, it is just as important to consider the exceptions to the rule as the averages. This is the fallacy of the statistical picture. It is one-sided in as much as it represents only the average aspects of reality and excludes a total picture. The statistical view of the world is a mere abstraction and therefore incomplete and even. Okay, well, here's more diagrams. Right, yeah. Yeah, there it is. And there. and fallacious, particularly when it deals with man's psychology. In as much as chance maxima and minima occur, they are facts whose nature one set out to explore. What strikes us in table two is the unequal distribution of the frequency values. The top seven and top and no, the top seven and bottom six aspects both show a fairly strong dispersion, while the middle values tend to cluster around the proportion one to one. I shall come back to this peculiar distribution with the help of a special graph, figure two. An interesting point is the confirmation of traditional astrological and alchemical correspondence between marriage and the moon, sun aspects. Feminine, moon, masculine, sun. two two point one four to one feminine moon masculine sun one point six one to one where whereas there is no evidence of any emphasis on the venus mars aspects of any of the of the 50 possible aspects the results showed that for the married pairs there are 15 such configurations whose frequency is well above the proportion one to one the highest free, the highest value is found in the aforementioned moon to sun conjunction and the two next highest figures 1.89 to one and 1.68 to one correspond to the conjunctions between fem feminine uh ascending and masculine venus or feminine moon and masculine ascending thus apparently confirm the traditional significance of the ascendant of the 15 aspects the moon a moon aspect occurs four times four women whereas only six moon aspects are distributed among the 35 other possible wives other possible values i don't know why i said wives the mean proportional value of all moon aspects amounts to 1.24 to 1. The average value of the four just cited in the table amounts to 1.74 to 1 as compared to the 1.24 to 1 for all moon aspects. The moon seems to be less emphasized for men than for women. For men the corresponding role is played not by the sun but by the ascending descending axis. In the first 15 aspects of table 2, these aspects occur six times for men and only twice for women. In the former case, they have an average value of 1.42 to 1, as compared with the 1.22 to 1 for all masculine aspects between ascending or descending on the one hand and one of the four heavenly bodies on the other. Figures 2 and 3 give a graphical representation of the values listed in figure 2, figure one, I mean, from the point of view of the dispersion of aspects. This arrangement enables us not only to visualize dispersions in the frequency of occurrence of the different aspects, but also to make rapid estimate, a rapid estimate of the mean number of occurrences per aspect using the median as an estimator. Whereas in order to get the arithmetic mean, we have to total the aspect frequencies and divide by number of aspects, the mean frequency is found by counting down the histogram to the point where half the squares are counted and half are still to count. Since there are 50 squares in this case, the median is seen to be 8.0. Since 25 squares do not exceed this value and 25 squares do exceed it. Figure 2. Oh, uh, By the way, uh, I do recommend you readers book uh, better than listen to this but uh yeah uh, so I I can't I don't know if you're sure what this tells us yet though we have noticed a few differences that aren't random right we've noticed some things that seem like there's a trend. When we would expect it to be random, right? Young uh, will go more into that later. For the married pairs, the median amounts to eight cases, but in the combinations of unmarried persons, it is more, namely eight point four. Uh, that's bigger three. For the unmarried, the median coincidences. Uh, for the unmarried, the median coincides with the arithmetical mean. Both amount to 8.4, whereas the median for the married is lower than the corresponding mean value of 8.4, which is due to the presence of lower values for the married pairs. All right, Table three, which I'm just going to wait. I can't. You see, the problem is I can't see what you can see while I'm showing you because the book is in the way. So. Yeah. A glance of Figure two will show that there was a wide dispersion of values, which which contrast strikingly with those clustered around the mean figure of eight point four in Figure three. Here, there is not a single aspect with a frequency greater than nine point four. Why do I keep saying things wrong? Here, there is not a single aspect with a frequency greater than nine point six. Whereas the married one aspects reaches a frequency of nearly twice as much. One of the one of on the supposition like uh, that comparison of all batches on the supposition that the dispersion apparent in figure two was due to chance, I investigated a number of of married horoscopes, four hundred in all, or eight hundred individual horoscopes. The results of this. Additional material are shown in table three and are set against 180 cases already discussed, though I here confine myself to the maximal numbers that clearly exceeded the median. Figures are given in percentages. The 180 married couples in the first column show the results of the first collection, while the 220 in the second column were collected more than a year later. The second column not only differs from the first in its aspects, but shows a marked sinking of the frequency values. Only, The only exception is the top number, representing the classical... Uh, I don't know what that is. It's like a moon, then a little circle facing upwards in the moon. I, I said what it meant at some point previously. It takes the place of the equally classical moon... Wait, is that ascending, maybe? I don't know. Wait. That one. And then the equally classical that one. Uh, If you can't see it, I I don't know how to read it out. I can't remember what the symbols mean. In the first column. Of the 14 aspects in the first column, only four come up again in the second, but these no less than Three are moon aspects, and this is in accord to the astrological expectations. The absence of the correspondence between the aspects of the first and second columns indicates a great inequality of material, i.e., there was a wide dispersion. One can see that this in the aggregate, that figures for four hundred married pairs, as a result of the evening out of the dispersion they all show a marked decrease these proportions are brought these proportions are brought out still more clearly in table 4 this table shows the frequency figures of the three constellations that occur most often two lunar conjunctions and one lunar opposition the highest average frequency that for the original 180 marriages is 8.1% for the 220 collected and worked out later the average maximum drops to 7.4%. And for the 83 marriages that were added still later, the average amounts to only 5.6%. I'll add here that I'm aware that it's not as exciting or interesting as potentially, it depends if you like, stats as what I usually do. But this is actually important for the rest of it because it is the evidence. Yeah. The highest right well okay the the table shows frequency figures for the three constellations that occur most often two lunar conjunctions and one lunar opposition the highest average frequency that for the original 180 marriages is 8.1 percent for the 220 collected and worked out later the average maximum drops to 7.4 percent and for the 83 marriages that were added still later the average amounts to only 5.6% in the original batches of 180 and 220 the maxima still lie with the the same aspects but in the last batch of 83 the maxima lie with different aspects namely ascending uh, ascending something moon uh, that one and then I can't remember what that means. Okay, so there's a little circle facing up, diagonal up and right. So ascending that circle thing, moon, and then uh, sun, that circle thing, fe- female, sun, that circle thing, male, and ascending. That circle thing ascending. Yeah, I, I'm really sounding impressive. huh? I'm saying, oh, that circle thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't usually have to read things in this format. The average, the average maximum for these four aspects is 8.7%. This high figure is, exceeds our highest average of 8.1% for the first batch of 180, which only proves how fortuitous our favourable initial results were. Nevertheless, it is worth pointing out that amusingly enough, the maximum of 9.6% lies within the ascending to moon aspect. That is to say, another lunar aspect which is supposed to be particularly characteristic of marriage, the loosest natural eye. No doubt, but a very queer one, since according to the tradition, the ascendant or horoscopus together with the sun and moon forms the trinity that determines fate and character. One had wanted to one had, had one wanted to falsify the statistical findings so as to bring them in line with tradition. One could not have done a more more successfully. Table five shows, yeah. So what I just said there, that's quite noteworthy, right? Because it is evidence for what people say about marriage and something in horoscopes well, actually, empirically, statistically, turning out to be true. And he's not falsifying it, but if he were, that's how he'd do it, and he didn't. So, that's pretty strong evidence. I mean, for those who require evidence for their epistemology, but, yeah. Epistemology is how to get to truth, how you get to truth, if you don't know that. Table five shows the maximal frequencies for unmarried pairs. The first result was obtained by my coworker, Dr. Lillianne Frey Rohn, putting all the men's horoscopes on one side and the women's on the other, and then combining each of the pairs that happened to lie on the top. On top, care was naturally taken that a real married pair was not accidentally combined. The resultant frequency of 7.3 is pretty high in comparison with the much more probable maximal figure for the 32,220 unmarried pairs, which is only 5.3. This first result seems to, to me somewhat suspicious. Footnote, how subtle these things can be shown by the following incidents. Recently, it fell to my colleague to make the table arrangement for a number of people who invited to dinner. She did this with care and discretion. But the last moment, an esteemed guest, a man, unexpectedly turned up, who had who had had at all costs to be suitably placed. The table arrangement was all upset, and a new one had to be hastily devised. There was no time for elaborate reflection. As we sat down to table, the following astrological picture manifested itself in the immediate vicinity of the guest. Uh, Um yeah it's, it's going symbols representing different star signs and i, I can't remember what, one of them's taurus look, i tell you what look there it is if you're looking at any otherwise i'm just not going to describe it he will say what it means what it tells us four sun to moon marriages had arisen my colleague of course had a thorough and knowledge of astrological marriage aspects and she was also acquainted with the horoscopes of people in question but the speed with which the new table arrangement had to be made left her no opportunity for reflection so that the unconscious so that the unconscious had a free hand and secretly arranging the marriages in the world of commerce. the marriages being of course people who were sitting next to each other but i mean good conversation and marriage suitability maybe maybe there's a link therefore suggested that we should not combine the pairs ourselves but should proceed in the following way. 325 men's horoscopes were numbers, numbered. The numbers were written on separate slips thrown into a pot and mixed up. Then a person who knew nothing of astrology and psychology and even less of these investigations was invited to draw slips one by one out of the pot without looking at them. The numbers were each combined with the topmost of the pile on the pile of women's horoscopes. Care being again taken that the married pairs does not accidentally come together. In this way, 325 artificial pairs were obtained. The resultant 6.5 is rather nearer to the probability. probability. Still, more probable is the result obtained for the 400 unmarried pairs. Even so, this figure 6.2 is still too high. The somewhat curious behavior of our figures led to a further experiment whose results I mentioned here with all the necessary reserve. Though it seems to me to throw some light on the statistical variations. It was made with three people whose psychological status was accurately known. The experiment consisted in taking 400 marriage telescopes at random and providing 200 of them with numbers. 20 of these were drawn by lot by the subject. These 20 marriage repairs were examined statistically for 50 marriage de- uh, characteristics. The first subject was a woman patient who at the time of the experiment found herself in a state of um, intense emotional excitement. This proved that 20 Mars aspects, no less than 10 were emphasized with a frequency of 15 point, no, 15.0 of the moon aspects, Nine with a frequency of 10 and with a frequency of no, sorry. It proved of 20 Mars aspects no less than 10 were emphasized with a frequency of 15, of the moon aspects nine with a frequency of 10, and of the sun aspects nine with a frequency of 14. The classical significance of Mars lies in his emotionality in this case, supported by the masculine sun. As compared with our general results, there was a predominance of the Mars aspects, which fully agrees with the psychic state of the subject. The second subject was a woman patient who whose main problem was to realize an her personality in face of her self-suppressive tendencies. In this case, these axial aspects, ascending, descending, which are supposed to be characteristic of the personality, came up 12 times with a frequency of 20, and the moon aspects with a frequency of 18. This result, astrologically considered, was in full agreement with the subject's actual problems. The third subject was a woman with strong inner oppositions whose union and reconciliation constituted her main problem. The moon aspects came up 14 times with the frequency of 20. The sun aspects 12 times with the frequency of 15. And the exo- axial aspects 9 times with the frequency of 14. The classical conjunctio solis et lunai as the symbol of the union of opposites is clearly emphasised. So, yet again, the statistics, the evidence is showing at least some basis of astrology scientifically. Here we go. In all of these cases, the selection by lot of marriage horoscopes proves to have been influenced, and this fits in with our experience of the I Ching and other mantic procedures. Although all these figures lie well within the limits of possibility and cannot therefore be regarded as anything more than chance their variation, which each time corresponds surprisingly well to the psychic state of the subject, still gives one food for thought. Hmm. Ah, I mean, I, I kind of interpreted it as more of a stronger case there, but maybe it makes more of a stronger case as it goes on later. The psychic state was characterized as a situation in which insight and decision come up against the insurmountable barrier of the unconscious opposed to the will. This relative defeat of the powers of the the conscious mind constellates the moderating archetype, which appears in the first case as Mars, the emotional maleficus, maleficus in the second case as the equilibr- equilibrating axial system that strengthens the personality, and in the third case as the heros gamos or conjunctio of the supreme opposites. Footnote, uh, CF the nuptials of the sun and moon in alchemy, psychology and alchemy in New York and London 1953. The psychic and the physical event, namely the subject's problems and choice of horoscope, correspond, it would seem, to the nature of the archetype in the background and would therefore represent a synchronistic phenomenon. Well, there we go. That's quite interesting. In so much as I am not very well up to the higher mathematics and that have therefore to rely on the help of a professional, I asked Professor Marcus Fiers of Basel to calculate the probability of my maximal numbers. This he kindly did using the Poisson dip- distribution. He arrived at a probability of approximately one to 10,000. Later on checking the calculation, he found an error whose correction found the probability to one to 1,500. From this, it is clear that although our best results, moon to sun and moon to moon, are clearly improbable in practice, they are theoretically so probable that it, there is little justification for regarding the immediate results of our statistics as anything more than chance. If, for instance, there is a 1 to 1,500 probability of my getting the telephone connection I want, I shall probably prefer instead of waiting on the off chance for a telephone conversation to write a letter. Our investigation shows not only that not only do the frequency values approximate to the average with the greatest number of married pairs, but that any chance pairings produce similar statistical proportions. From the scientific point of view, the results of our investigation is in some respects not encouraging for astrology, as everything seems to indicate in the case of large numbers, the differences between frequency values for the marriage aspects of married and unmarried persons disappear altogether. Thus, from the scientific point of view, there is little hope for proving for proving astrolog- astrological correspondence is something that conforms to law. At the same time, it is not so easy to counter the astrologer's objection that my statistical method is too arbitrary and clumsy to evaluate correctly the numerous psychological and astrological aspects of marriage. So the essential thing that remains over from our astrological statistics is the fact that the first batch of 180 marriage horoscopes shows a distinct maximum of 18 for the moon to sun and the second batch of 220, a maximum of 24 for moon to moon. These two aspects have long been mentioned in the old literature as marriage characteristics and they therefore represent the oldest tradition. The third batch of 83 yields, as we have said, a marriage of 8 for the moon to ascending. These batches have probabilities of about 1 to 1,000, 1 to 10,000, and 1 to 50, respectively. I should like to illustrate what has happened here by means of an example. You take three matchboxes and put 1,000 black ants in the first, 10,000 in the second, and 50 in the third together with one white ant in each, shut the boxes and bore a hole in each one of them, it's small enough to allow one ant to crawl through at a time. The first ant to come out of each of the three boxes is always the white one. The chances of this actually happening are extremely improbable. Even in the first two cases, the probability works out at 1 to ten, no, at one to 1,000 times 10,000, which means that such a coincidence is to be expected only in one case out of 10 million. It is improbable that it would ever happen in anyone's experience, yet my, my statistical investigation, it happened that precisely in three conjunctions stressed by astrological tradition, it t- came together in the most improbable way. I mean, so, I mean, say what you like about, like, um, how it didn't look too good for proving or showing evidence for astrology. But that bit there, that's strong evidence, right? Uh, I I think that stood out to me at the time as well. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it, really. It's just like, it stands out. Because, like, astrology is actually valid. That's why. (laughs) Well, that's my view. Uh. For the sake of accuracy, however, it should be pointed out that it is not the same white ant that is the first to appear each time. That is to say, although there is always a lunar conjunction and always a classical one of decisive significance, they are nevertheless different conjunctions because each time the moon is associated with a different partner. There are of course, the three main components of the horoscope, namely the ascendant, or rising degree of a zodiacal sign, which characterizes the moment, the moon, which characterizes the day, and the sun, which characterizes the month of birth hence if we consider only the first two batches we must assume two white ants for each box this correction raises the probability of the coinciding lunar conjunctions to 1 to 200 uh, to 2500 1 to 2500 no wait no okay that's 1 to 2500 Oh, right, that dash is just uh, because it, well, okay, that, uh, correction. One to two five oh 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 That's one zero off million, So that's a big number. If we take the third batch as well, the coincidence of the three classical moon aspects has a probability of one to 65 million. No. 1 to 62,500,000. The first proportion is significant even when taken by itself, for it shows that the coincidence is a very improbable one. But the coincidence with the third lunar conjunction is so remarkable it looks like a deliberate arrangement in favor of astrology. What can I say? I do not say anything. It speaks for itself. If, on the contrary, the figures actually fall within the limits of chance probability, they do not support the astrological claim. They merely imitate, accidentally, the ideal answer to the astrological expectation. I mean, imitate. What, what a coincidence there, hey? It is nothing but a chance result from the statistical point of view. Yet, it is meaningful on account of the fact that it looks as if it validated this expectation. It is just what I call synchronistic phenomenon, evidence for synchronicity, or at the very least synchronistic phenomenon. That's the difference. The statistical, the statistically significant statement only concerns regularly occurring events, and if considered as axiomatic, it simply abolishes all, ex- except, all exceptions to the rule. It produces a merely average picture of the natural. Of natural events but not a true picture of the world as it is yet the exceptions and my results are exceptions and most improbable ones at that are just as important as the rules statistics would not even make sense without exceptions there was no rule that is true under all circumstances. For this is real, this is the real and not the statistical world. Because the statistical method shows only the average aspects, it creates an artificial and predominantly conceptual picture of reality. That is why we need the complementary principle for a complete description and explanation of nature. If we now consider the results of the Rhine experiments, and particularly the fact that they depend in large measure on the subject's active interest, We regard what happened in our case as a synchronistic phenomenon. The statistical material shows that a practical, that a practical reality as well as a theoretical improbable, the statistical material shows that a practically as well as theoretically improbable chance combination occurred within which coincides with the most remarkable, in the most remarkable way with the traditional astrological expectations. Funny that. That such a coincidence should occur at all is so improbable and so incredible that no one could have dared predict anything like it. It really does look as if the statistical material has been manipulated and arranged so as to give the appearance of a positive result. The necessary emotional and archetypal conditions for a synchronistic phenomenon were already given, since it is obvious that both my co-worker and myself had a lively interest in the outcome of the experiment, And apart from that, the question of synchronicity has been engaging my attention for many years. What seems in fact to have happened, and seems often to have happened, bearing in mind the long astrological tradition, is that we got a result which had presumably turned up many times before in history. Had the astrologers, with but a few exceptions concerned themselves with more than statistics and questioned the justice of their interpretations in in a scientific spirit they would have discovered long ago that their statements rested on a precarious foundation but the interesting thing here i think is that the belief fundamentally involved in in astrology in i ching and esp what it involves is the law of attraction. It involves the law of attraction and that belief that it shapes reality because of the law of attraction. And give in mind that he even quote cited, even quoted someone who was talking about basically what amounts to the law of attraction. If I can find it. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure how far back this goes. Yeah, the stuff about Albertus Magnus. Uh, uh, Since it's relevant, I will quote it again. Although, you probably already know about the Law of Attraction. Yeah, I don't need to mention it, because you know what the law of attraction is, probably. And mentalism, that we shape reality with belief. And from my perspective, that principle is what's behind it. Now, I can't scientifically prove that right now, but, you know, I'm not a scientist. Like, my epistemology isn't scientism, and it isn't positivism. So, yeah. Yeah. Not that I exclude those means as ways to ascertain truth. And it's not exclusive about using them. Wait, what was I? Right. Right. The- But I imagine that in their case, too, as with me, a secret mutual connivance existed between the material and the psychic state of the astrologer. This correspondence is simply there, like any other agreeable or annoying accident. Accident. Ah, there's a call. Hello? Uh, She's actually going for what right now? Yeah, I'll say you call, okay? <sighs> um, uh, alright, alright. i tell you what, you can call it back in like half an hour or something. Alright, bye. Lovely that, isn't it? Well, I just need to accept it, you know? when I did the podcasting course, I uh, mentioned, Brian Rose mentioned um, that um, I just broadcast yourself. So when I was doing that, okay. pardon me, he mentioned that um, yeah, I mean, like one one guy who's interfering, just went to the middle of it. I mean, sometimes you just got to deal with it. I mean, this isn't, I may be putting it on YouTube, but it, it's not YouTube in a sense, you know, this primarily I'm doing this on Anchor, and it gets distributed out to a number of places based on that, number of podcasting sites based on that, and I'll be honest with you, I'm putting this on YouTube Okay, originally I was putting it on YouTube to get more people onto my podcast generally but I mean, since ultimately it's about service i mean it is on youtube so they are what if someone watches it just on youtube they watch you know they're listening to it either way right so this is a different medium yeah but i i don't i'm not concerned with having the highly polished edited approach that's just not my style and i kind of discovered my style in doing the course you know now i'm on the subject i'm also mentioned the course a bit like You know, there are people who claim it's a scam, right? But I have to say the course is good. He's a good podcaster. The course is good. There is valuable insight in it. Now, you could quibble about whether it's worth the money or whether or not you can get better courses elsewhere. I don't know. All I know is it was great for me. So... I'm not saying anything one way or the other about his character. Like To me, that's not the point. The point is like, is it a scam? No, it's not. It's just not. Now, maybe I, I, don't, I can't say anything about any of those other courses because I haven't done them. All I can say is Broadcast Yourself by Brian Rose is not a scam. It's a good course that teaches you valuable stuff about podcasting. Anyway, I'm going to get back to it. Though we're probably approaching the end of this particular episode. So, I mean, it's quite important that we got to the point where it seems to indicate not that Jung perceived it that way, but it seems to indicate the law of attraction has, and mentalism has a clear role, in my opinion, in relation to astrology and the results he actually got empirically it just it corresponds perhaps synchronistically with what the law of attraction describes and what astrology describes and that correspondence indicates to me it's not conclusive evidence but it's it's a step towards empirically Proving the law of attraction, perhaps. Am I stepping a bit too boldly forward on this? Maybe, but I. I I wonder if you feel the same way. Like it does feel like there's some kind of some sort of evidence for the law of attraction there, or at least that it has a role in astrology. One may be informed by, by a coincidence, but one has to have a very thick skin not to be impressed by the fact that out of 50 possibilities, three times precisely those turned up as maxima, which are regarded by tradition as typical. <clears throat> though, although we, as though to make this starting result even more impressive, we found that use has been made of unconscious deception. On first working the, out the statistics I was put off the trail by a number of errors which I fortunately discovered at the time. After overcoming this difficulty I forgot to mention in the Swiss edition of the this book that the ant comparison if applied to our experiment only fits if respectively two or three white ants are assumed each time. This considerably reduces the improbability of our results. Then at the 11th hour, Professor Fieres, on checking his probability calculations again, found that he had been deceived by a number of five. I presume deceived by his own unconscious. The improbability of our results was again reduced, though without reaching a degree which one could have described as probable the errors all tend to exaggerate the results in a favorable way to astrology. Well, isn't that interesting? It seems like source has a sense of humor, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, I know know you're like trying to do empirical evidence and it looks like there's less of a case for it. But let me just give you some synchronicity that indicates that it's true while you're trying to test whether or not it's true in the first place. (laughs) <laughs> ah, I like it I like it I like it thank you uh, source that's funny uh, so yeah I find that quite amusing Um, and he put that in italics so he really he seemed to find that amusing or at least take note of it and to add most suspiciously to the impression of an artificial or fraudulent arrangement of the facts which was so mortifying to those concerned that they could not they would they would not pos- probably have preferred to keep silent about it that they would probably have preferred to keep silent about it. I know, however, from long experience of these things, that spontaneous synchronistic phenomena tend to draw the observer by hook or by crook into what is happening and occasionally make him an accessory to the deed. I mean, it feels like some sort of quantum entanglement, perhaps, but that's a intuition. The dependence of ESP or on emotional factor is the experimenter, uh, the dependence of ASP on an emotional factor in the experimenter and subject is a case on point. I therefore, case in point, I therefore consider a scientific duty to give as complete account as possible of the results and to show how not only the statistical material but the psychic process of the interested parties were affected by the synchronistic arrangement. Although, warned by previous experiments, I was cautious enough to submit my original count in the Swiss edition to four competent persons, among them two mathematicians. I allowed myself to be lulled into a sense of security too soon. The corrections made here do not in any way alter the fact that the maximal frequencies lie within three classical lunar aspects. All right, so at this point, At this point, I feel like I'll end it because um, I'm going to have to end... I've I've got something soon anyway, so I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I know that I was uh, stumbling over statistics and stuff in a way that... And what I was saying wasn't necessarily as interesting as the first parts. but towards the end, we got some real results that really seemed to me to empirically show astrology and... Perhaps even the law of attraction. So yeah. Alright. Um bye for now.